I wasn't too windy, fairly, uh, fairly calm, but out on the race course, uh, not much turbulence. So what wind there is seems to be good for kites. Next, uh, when are your next days off? Well, tomorrow I think, and that's it for a while. Ah, I'm uh, in the middle of a week's rec leave. God, I wish I had your job. As, as of. <laughs> I, this is the first day I've had had for about a month. Stress. And we're working about you know twelve, thirteen hour days every day, every day, and it is totally wrecked. It's. It's a real pain. I'll just, just drop off for a minute. I'm going to poke this power supply. Okay. I think there's a giant joint on a filter capacitor. It sounds like you're fitting uh, it raw square waves into it. Okay. Okay, I'll keep. I'll stay here for a little while and uh, see what uh, Mr. Boots is doing as far as uh, whatever. Hang on. Oh, it's pretty. No, I don't think. Well, it's very low. It's nowhere near as bad as it was before. Right. I can hardly hear it here, so it's probably... Uh, uh, I can hear it quite distinctly on... Uh, it's just not as bad as that. No, well, uh, well, um, we apologise to the listeners if the quality of the program has been marred by technical deficiencies. And, it's being uh, Edward Marred. Yeah. So, I think um, you might be having um, fearance you might be getting into your sievers because there's not really hum here. Well, if I, if I, I'm just going to pull the, uh, unplug the main power supply. Okay. Right, now the hum disappears. Doesn't make any difference. Is, uh, 160 metres is running off batteries. Right. Two, my two metres is running off batteries at the moment. Mm -hmm. And when I put the... Uh, when I plug uh, the main supply back into the uh, handbag, right, I get a bit of a buzz on coming back to me on 160. Okay, I'll just cut audio on 160, and I bet you've still got it there. Was it still there? It was. Yeah, well, it's cutting audio, so there's no harm here. I think it must be uh, getting into your sievers, so there's really no problems. But there was a while back there was super loud buzz from your mission, so maybe, uh, uh, I don't know, that was some different fault. Oh, unless, of course, uh, the power supplies are not really up to scratch through uh, handling heaps of current, so mm. it might be just diode buzz from the power supply. Could be. Being picked up by 160. Yeah, it could be something like that. Uh, if I start worrying your missions, I can put up with it. Oh, good. No, it's, uh, it's certainly no hum here. Uh, as good as missions as you usually have. Big, uh, big kite missions then. Yeah, I thought I'd try something. Uh, so I'm, hey, I'm going back into my uh, second trial, did you see? It's all That's strain and the pressure of work. Yeah, it would be pressure okay. of work. Sucking our thumbs all day, so mm. I'm to go and fly a kite. Right. Uh, it's one that uh, <clears throat> I did. A, <clears throat> I made a walk about a year or so ago with uh, Dallas. He brought along this little sled kite. Ah, yes. And it finished up in my pack, and we both forgot all about it until I happened to find it the other day. I thought uh, I'd take it out and fly it before I returned it back to him. Good idea. I've still got the thing, so... That um, transmitting station we investigated uh, a month or so back, oh, yes. mm. it's quite strong here. It's not really very weak, so obviously it's um, just local effects or whatever. It certainly is, does get out quite well. Yeah, when I got back that night, I pulled out uh, the appropriate map and had a look on it. Uh, it was a topographic map, not a, an aeronautical map. 
Yeah. And uh, in the appropriate spot it's got marked wireless masts. <laughs> wireless masts, yeah. So um, I, I tried to find the other telltale signs on the map that might refer to the other one that we originally were looking for. Mm. And uh, uh, nothing was found. Right. Oh, well. Analysis come up with a, a whiz bang shielded ferrite loop. Oh, yes, it worked quite well. Oh, very well. It's extremely sharp, very uh, bi-directional. Oh, that's good. And uh, it's in a, a convenient format for uh, DFing things. So uh, might come in useful for uh, little um, walks along the, along the same lines as the previous one. Well, that's more... Well, it, it, considering you can just look at a map on, and find out where things are. Well, that's sort of cheating. I've plotted, as I said, the... Uh, that one we looked at was the only one that actually gets a reference on the map. Um, the others, I've, I've plotted their rough positions on the map, and uh, there's no distinguishing features such as a building or uh, or something as blatant as a you know, wireless masts or whatever. Oh, so a lot aren't noted on the maps so that you have. Some of, some of them are on the map and some aren't. Well, one of them is and the others aren't. Right. Uh, yes. Mind for, uh, apparently the Strathbogey one's uh, a few of the blokes at work used to work for the uh, organisation whose car we were using that day. Oh yes, it was good having uh, borrowed the official, the official, vehicle, yes. mm. the official car. And uh, these blokes at work were saying that the Strathbogey one's uh, particularly interesting, quite difficult to get to. Really? Uh, it's up on about 400 uh, and something k, fairly high frequency I think from memory. Well, high for that band. Yeah. So I might uh, wander off to the race course again tomorrow and uh, see if I can put up a, a few hundred feet of wire and uh, take along the, the battery crusher and uh, see if I can blow its front end out. Right, so you're just doing... Uh, I tell, do you want to borrow a, uh, a meters and plug into it? A meters? Well, a 160 meters. Uh, <laughs> which one did you have in mind? Well, I've got one here that belongs, which I borrowed off him a couple of uh, months oh, ago. Oh, that's a fairly compact little unit. No, I don't... You're being facetious, you're referring to something with... Uh, the AT-20. Yeah. I don't think, if he's listening, I don't think he'd, he'd, wor he'd, mind, he'd worry at all that uh, it was going to be used for investigative purposes. So you'll, you'll be home tomorrow, will you? <coughs> I think I'll be home most of the time, yeah, if you, if you want to drop in or something and uh, oh, pick it up or something. What sort of batteries does it need? It needs uh, 12 volts. I can need gel cells. A gel cell would be sufficient, would it? Oh, I think it only draws, you know, 100 or you know, 50 milliamps on sieve and you know, few amps on mit. So gel cell, six amp hour gel cells should last. Oh, I might, uh, I might take off on that and uh, throw in some extra wire for some radials, or else put the thing up next to the the lake and sort of stand out in knee deep and do a John the Baptist routine with the microphone in one hand and. Uh, See what happens. I've got access. No, I've got uh, several of those anyway. Uh, at, uh, at my disposal. Oh, that's good then. Mm. Including, including one from a nearby institution. Oh, that'd be good to use. Cause then it doesn't matter. Yes. So, uh, oh, all right. Well, if I sort of drop round, um, oh, lunchtime-ish, would that be convenient? So oh, yeah. Two, that, well, one o'clock. That'd be fine. Let's we'll uh, through, grab the goods and. Uh, Keep an ear open for me or something, and uh, yeah, 
Yeah, well, I, I might even come along. Depends what's what's going on, but uh, certainly. That device is not tunable, is it? It's uh, it's got eighteen twenty-five in it. Oh, well, at that time of the day, it's anyone would want us. Wondering what else I've got. Uh, uh, well, that's the most convenient because the light and uh, I'll just stick the gel cells on charge, and uh, should be uh, should be go. Well, I think I've got um, enough wire in here to put up a five eight. Oh, fantastic! So give me uh, help overcome the ground losses. You'll have super strong bash missions. <laughs> the uh, I think it's fairly indestructible. I'm pretty sure it is. If it, if you pop it, you can fix it. But uh, I think it's uh, it's designed to be used just in the, you know in the bush, and people just load up a bit of wire in a tree or something. Well, if you put it in a say, quarter wave, you'd only have a maximum of you know, 1.5 to one anyway. Mm. Yeah, I think it should work quite well. The only thing that will happen, the sievers on that length of tenors will just spew, and you'll get you know a million car stations coming through. Best thing to do is just get a clip lead and just short out the tenors when you're sieving. And it you know it, it just works quite well. And then oh, what I might do is just put a um, have a little simple uh, you know, 100 micro Henrys to earth or something uh, mm. like a rough high pass filter. Yeah. Short it out on transmit. Yeah, yeah, anything like that. So I just wouldn't if you're going to do these sort of things, you must make the most of the aerial and receive. Well. It's a scent, very scent sievers, and uh, it just doesn't like a big tenors. I've used it here on the, the main tenors, and I just, as I say, I've just shorted out the tenors, and it's still super sensitive. Oh, right. And I just make sure I just disconnect the clip lead when I mit and... Um, Do you recall a, a chap with the call 3 mm, Very vaguely. Yeah, um, I heard him, oh, years ago, when he was operating portable from uh, a school out the back of Monash somewhere, Pinewood State School. Oh, ah, yes. And he had he was using a sled kite to hold up a piece of wire, ah. and he's he had three quarters of a watt I think Gee. of AM. He, he, over a period of a couple of weeks, he came on about half a dozen times, mm. and it was getting out really well. It was as uh, apart from your signal, it'd be about the strongest I've ever heard. Mm. And you consider that um, you know at that uh, he's probably ten or twelve k away. It was working quite well. Well, if you get ten watts. Out of a 5.8 equivalent, is, you know, you're going to have an antenna that's probably, you know, 25, 50% efficient or something mm. compared to, uh, you know, mine might be a couple of percent efficient if I'm lucky. Um, Earth, what are you going to do about Earth? Just run a wire out or something? Well, I'll, probably got, uh, I'll probably get enough. Uh, I've got these various spools. Um, whenever the urge takes me, I occasionally string out 130 feet of wire and uh, right. into a receiver and wind it back onto a spool and forget about it. So I can probably dig up enough 130 foot length to uh, you know, put down half a dozen radials. Oh, well, that's all you need, really. Mm. And the ground there is pretty wet. Yeah, that's right. Bloody day and night. Mm. There's not as long as the Caulfield Cup isn't being run, you should be no, right. Next, uh, I might check that just so I didn't upset any horses with the healer. The next yeah. race is a Boxing Day, I think. Oh, well, it's quite a while off. Yeah. Oh, it should be so quite. I was running a muck there today. I reeled out. Um, I've made up a thousand foot of a uh, fishing line. Oh, yes. <coughs> been modified the first 500 feet of it's got uh, cross swivels, yeah, cross link swivels I use on um, fishing lines, uh, mm. swivels with a side piece on them. Yeah. So I can tack on extra kites, so train them onto it. Right. Or hang a piece of wire down uh, anywhere in the first 500 feet. Then there's another couple of 500 foot lengths with uh, swivels on them, so I can 
Uh, I had out about 800 feet today. Right. That's of, that's of um, 800 feet of line length. Mm. I suppose the kite would have been up quite a few hundred feet, probably about oh, 300 feet. It was pulling pretty well. The only thing is, what happens if the blimp comes by? The blimp? Mm. Actually, the ABC helicopter landed today. In uh, the course? Up, up, up at the race course, you see. Oh, right. And I was getting quite concerned. I thought it might have been you, actually, in it. Because um, it, it took off again. It landed up in the north, uh, the northwest corner of, oh. the, of the place. I was um, in the southwest corner, uh, up against the rails, just opposite the VATC. Oh, yes. And uh, the, I, was, I was aware of this helicopter buzzing around. I wasn't taking any notice of it because the kite was fairly low, about 100 feet. And I suddenly became aware the helicopter was down about 50 feet. And that's when I started to take a bit more notice. And the chopper landed and then he took off again and he uh, flew right over the top of me. That's of, of me rather than over the top of the kite. That was a few hundred feet away. Oh, no. Pity. Just, uh, yeah, Out for a joyride. Drop a, um, a phono jack or something on me. <laughs> no, pity it wasn't. Otherwise would have taken footage of you flying a, a oh, kite. Yeah. I have to find out if there's any comments. <laughs> That's happened before, actually. Well, I think Roger would uh, remember the incident because mm. uh, it was pretty obvious there was uh, kites and lines and things. There were about half a dozen other people flying kites there, but most of them were under 100 feet, I'd say. This happened once uh, they were going to land at Elstonwick Park. Yep. And, of course, you need someone to go out to make sure that no kitty's going to be run, you know, chopped off or whatever. Yep. And uh, I went out there and there was this guy flying a kite in the middle of the park and I had to go over to him and say, look, you know, uh, you better reel it in because it might get uh, sucked up in the vortex caused by uh, this whirly thing. It was quite interesting. Yeah. I think there might be a, a missions behind you. I'll just see if there's anyone there. Oh, hello. Hello. Am I, am I next? Yes, you're next. Oh, yes. Um, I never got round to tinging the knives. Oh, yes. And I was just going to say, Nige, um, I was chasing you. It's Wick here, by the way, in case you're wondering who it was. Um, did you get some stuff from Ian, AYK, some years ago? Some, uh, I think it was a Phillips 770 or parts thereof. There was probably a diplexer, among other things. I'm just wondering if you've still got it and if you're, if you're interested in parting with any of it. Uh, I don't know whether it was low band or what it was. Um, so I thought, I'll just ask you anyway. Yes, uh, you can hear me, can you, Wick, or you hear me 3160, I take it, anyway. Yeah, it's pretty weak here, direct. I'm listening through 160. I'd be surprised if you'd hear me direct. I'm, um... Handbag mobile. Well, I'm running about, uh, 100 milliwatts. Uh, I'm inside a building at the moment. The air rolls right up against some closed metal Venetian blinds. And the power supply's on its last legs by the, the sound of things. Anyway, um, yes, I've got, uh some bits of that. Uh, I think most of the diplex is intact. I haven't pulled it apart. Um, it looked as though it was sort of a fairly high sort of frequency. Uh, uh, I didn't think it was for any... Um, it didn't look like normal sort of commercial uh, land mobile sort of stuff. Uh, but I couldn't think of a good, th a good thing to do with it at the time, so it's, uh, it's still rattling around. Uh, yeah, the main thing I wanted to buy off him was the Pie Overland, which, uh, which is all very useful since uh, not many, not, no one else is uh, using AM on six metres these days, but 
there we go. Uh, so if, um, if you're interested in it, or rather if there's any of it that's of interest to you, uh, you're welcome to have a look at it. Oh, rightio. Um, yeah, all right, well, I'll organise to do that at some stage, I suppose. Um, I was asking Stu the best way to contact you, and he suggested I just give you tings at auntie's. So, uh, well, I might do that. But I'd sort of see if you've had it, and we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, it was funny, I just got in um, about oh, 15 minutes ago, and I stuck the sievers on. I thought, oh, yes, there's missions there, and I just went about, you know, sort of preparing to hit the hay, and... And then it sort of occurred to me that it sounded particularly relevant. When you started talking about the forest zone, Stu, and, and Ian lending it to you and so on, I thought, oh, this must be fairly recent. So I came and put the missions on and heard that it was live. Yeah, all right. Well, I'll butt out again. Thanks, Nigel. I'll probably give you a ting at aunties or something and perhaps organise. Because I don't even know where you are or anything. So um, that'll be fine. Yeah, so um, I'm in virtually the same area as Stu. Uh, all right. The bits and pieces that Dean gave me, it's very uh, sort of haphazard and incomplete, just a few odds and ends, but uh, uh, you can have a look at it and if it can be of some use to you, uh, you can have it for the same price that uh, Ian charged me, which I think you'll find reasonable. Um, yeah, just he, he's doing a bit of a shack clearance and uh, me being a a bit of a scrounger and uh, a hoarder. I picked up a few odds and ends that he was uh, thinking of heaving out. So, uh, yeah, they've just been salted away. Um, do you have uh, a number for me at Auntie's? Um, I was just going to ting Cast House and they'd ask for you. Oh, if you try six, uh, I'll give you the telephone number now. Uh, if you've got something to write it down with, it's 64048. Right, I've got that, thank you. And, uh, no, I won't be there for a while, for a, a while, but uh, you can either get me on that number or I'll leave a message because I do shift work. It's, uh, there's a fair chance you'll get me any time between about 6 in the morning and midnight. Um, Hmm. So there we go. All right, Dave. Well, uh, I might um, shoot through myself now, and uh, I'll do drops at a convenient time tomorrow. And uh, I'll try things out. I presume this is—you've done things like this in the past, but uh, I found the kites particularly easy, much easier than I thought for uh, getting out bits of wire. I reckon uh, probably be better than with a balloon. Um, Certainly, there's ample lifting power. The sled kite, I'm, I'm startled by the, uh, the by its performance. It lifts out of all proportion to its size, and that was in a very gentle breeze too. So, uh, mm. I don't have any problems about getting up our decent bits of wire there? It's most interesting. You got about a quarter way without any trouble, and probably uh, anything a half wave or five eighths uh, with equal ease. You do seem to be having, there is some hum on your missions now, I think. Just drop off and I'll... Yeah, hmm. Yeah, there seems to be some hum creeping oh, I'll in. I'll say morning while I've got the chance to. Right, OK. I'll just go and listen on the clock radio, Stephen. Right. Thank you.
I might perform a bit of a test, uh, both uh, Mr. Wick and Mr. Boots there. Well, my latest acquisition here is a, a general uh, radio uh, signal generator. I don't know if you know them, Mr. Boots. They're massive. They do require two people to lift them, otherwise you do serious bodily damage to yourself. They've uh, got the 6L6 in the output stage and uh, what is it? 16 hertz, 16 kilocycles up to uh, 50 megs, built like a tank. I'm just going to plug it into the tenors and uh, see, cause, uh, and just work out how many uh, volts into the tenors or microvolts uh, you can hear. It could be quite an interesting test. Um, so uh, I'm just letting it warm up for a while. I'm not really set up very well for receiving. Oh, well, yeah, well, I was mainly directed towards the boots. Yeah, but, right. you know, if you are listening in bed, you probably won't hear anything at all because it's only going to be microwatts or something. But, uh, you know, if uh, next time I hear you, you do, if you do hear something, it might be interesting to... Uh, to um, Let you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so there's no... Yeah, certainly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Mr. Boots being uh, much closer, within about 2K or something from this location. So like his power supply is totally popped, so maybe the uh, the experiment may not go ahead anyhow. And I'm trying to find a, uh, a UHF to... Uh, BNC adapter so I can carry out these tests. What I'll need is, um, I need, yes, I've got what I need. I just have to find it. Right, while you've been talking there, I'll just, uh, I'll listen to you on a super radio. Oh, well, that'd be a very good test because they're quite sense. And uh, I've just plugged in the 2001 as well. Right. Put on a BFO and. Excellent. Uh, these have actually got a proper modulator built in with two 2A3s. Good, great. To modulate the signal generator, and it's got a modulation meter. Uh, did I hear you right when you said it had a, a 6L6 in the output stage? That's right. That's the RF output stage. That's the, the oscillators are 6L6 and uh, the outputs are 6L6, so there's two 6L6s in there. They're the, they're the metal version, metal 6L6. That's right, yep. Good grief. There's the big outside cabinet, and there's two other cabinets you've got to unscrew to get inside to the, all the gizmos. I'll just drop off while I'm not yeah. talking so we don't have too much time on the missions. Yeah, right. Okay, well, I'll just um, uh, go out and uh, I'll put on some shoes because there seems to be an earth leak in the garage and when I touch things I get shocks. <laughs> yeah. I might go and, uh, and do this. All right, well, I'll stand on by on uh, all frequencies. Okay, well, we'll just have silence for a little while. Stand on by. Actually, I'll put on some test program because uh, I'll have to line up levels and things, so here we go. Meanwhile, five hours later. Um, yeah, give me 24 hours notice and I'll grab a field strength meter and, um, you know, if you want a precision power meter and a, a dummy load that's, you know, 1.00001 to 1 SWR, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, we can borrow that. That reads full scale from uh, 250 watts down to uh, about 10 milliwatts. So you probably even use it on your. Actually, I think yeah, 10 milliwatts or 1 milliwatt full scale. So you could use it on the uh, signal generator. Even. Um, I've got access to quite a few different bits and pieces that would be useful for tests. Anyway, it's half past three. Yes, so been a marathon night of missions. Yeah, it's about a. Have all the listeners uh, 
uh, tossing and turning in their birds. Yes, the missions for most of them would have gone off and then they've come back on again. <laughs> uh, should be more of it. What did you say one volt is in, in watts? It's about... Uh, 20 milliwatts. That's not bad, is it? That's pretty good. Well, it's full, because I said I can't tell the difference between your 100 watt or your um, yeah, 20 milliwatts. That's amazing. It's quite a few dB of difference. It's quite a few, it is, isn't it? Mm. And the 0.3 of a volt, I think I worked it out at about 1.8 milliwatts. And that was... Um, had a bit of noise, not a lot of noise, had a bit of noise behind it, but it was still 100% copied. So it's better than some of the other signals I've listened to routinely. It makes you wonder what their tenors are like. Well, you know, gruesome efficiency, uh, efficiencies. Yeah. Interesting to try and calculate the absolute efficiency of your aerial. You, well, you could do it. There is a formula. It's in, uh, I've got it here somewhere, it came out of the uh, some book. If you measure the volts per metre, at one kilometre away or something, they've got a table. But I don't know, what, 10% or something like that? Uh, you, um, it must be reasonably mm, efficient. Probably something like that. Yeah, it's hard to tell, really. Yeah. But um, you can work it out. Uh, John Adcock used to uh, be a useful source of that sort of information. Mm, he knew all about those things. Mm. Yeah. OK, well, look, we might see you tomorrow or something. All right, I'll drop around, what, early tomorrow afternoon. Would that be convenient? Probably, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, We'll see what's happening then. Mm, OK, well, that should be quite good. I'll put the gel cells on charge matic Right-o, and in the meantime, I'll rush off and get some sleep. OK, we'll say morning. I'll say cheerio, VK. Good. Next afternoon at the race course. Oh, that's tying the aerial down. Hey. Yeah, so uh, took a bit of fizz gigging, but uh, we've got a piece of wire up in the sky. <laughs> Apparently my kite premise has taken a bit of a beating. Um, we've got the... Uh, piece of wire attached to the banana jack, the, the wire socket, and uh, when we tune the little tuning control, nothing happens. I'm tuning it now, I don't know if it's doing anything. The aerial's going up and down anyway, like a fiddler's elbow, so uh, there's a dog running past here with its uh, old hair standing up, so there must be some RF around. Things can come over and bite me. Okay, pup. Uh, trying away. Oh, well, it was worth a try. So, there we go. So the missions sound reasonably strong, do they? Um, they're not overwhelming strong. I thought they might be better. How about um, swapping it over to the uh, banana plug, uh, not to the PL259 socket? I've never had much luck with the uh, banana socket on that set. And uh, switch that mobile portable switch around. Oh, I'm simulcasting on two at the moment. I'll just drop off. There we are. Um, yeah, okay. Well, you do another test with the other connection, and um, could you left the little light bulb here, which is a bit of a pain. But uh, anyway, back to you. Right, well, we're back again. Um, well, this one tends to peak up a bit more, so I'll just peak that to the maximum RF. Uh, switching to portable, the RF level seems to go down. Up to mobile, it comes up again. So I'm well, just wondering if there's any uh, improvement or otherwise there. Ah, it's burnt me! Oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, The two-legged RF uh, field strength meter reckons there's volts there, but I think you might be jesting. Uh, Blown the front end, have we? Oh, well, there we go. All right, how's that sound, David? Yes, that's a much stronger, a much stronger mission you have there. Yes, we're just doing uh, adjustments here. The boots has gone to get something, so I'll take over. Big 160 meter. Geez, look at that RF floating around. You've got to be very careful. I've already got a nasty uh, RF burn. Geez, skin skin smells terrible when you get burnt. <laughs> 
Yeah, Stu, uh, the, uh, the boots is hopeless at flying kites. Obviously too simple for him. You need something that, uh, you know, you, you need a calculator or a slide rule. And he's right. But to fly a kite, absolutely hopeless. So, uh, I'm going to draw an arc off the operator's nose. Oh, okay. We're about to go off. He's about to drive a six foot stake into the ground here at the race course with his pocket knife. This will be interesting. He's going to. Oh, we're going to short it out now. Yes, it's very pleasant out here. So the grass is growing and the. Yeah, and the blimp. The blimp is blimping, the Bond uh, Swan ship is flying around. We're hoping the ABC we, helicopter would come out here so we could... Yeah, uh, actually we, sh we should get Bond to come over here, we could tie our aerial to his blimp. We could, um, you know, use the ship for something useful. Yes, and we've upset we've upset all the, the uh, aero modellers, up with their uh, gliders and, and model air powered aircraft. Yeah, so we're actually using a quarter wave. For those who are interested, quarter wave vertical or semi, it's at 60 degrees at the moment. And uh, we've got four radials at 90 degrees sitting on the ground. We've really um, uh, had enough trouble getting up a quarter wave. Actually, the kite, now that the kite's sort of above us, I suppose we could put more line up, but... I don't know whether it'll make that much difference. We've got nothing to sort of tune uh, anything with, and with the quarter wave, it was, of course, you know, just go straight into the uh, socket on the rig. Still, we got on the air eventually, after being wet by all the sprinklers coming on, and and uh, the boots, is, you know, boots got distracted. He was climbing the uh, what do you call those? Furlong. Oh, the furlong towers. Oh, they're not guard boxes, just in case the, <laughs> the punters decide to... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Oh, oh. oh just... Oh, there it goes, there it goes. Our kite's just... We just had a, a dramatic 25% shortening of the aerial. Yeah, and the aerial fell on my 2001, which is still switched on, isn't it? And we just had volts go into the... Yes, it's still going, so... Actually be interesting to see if the signal strength dropped. I suppose it must have. Yeah, 20. Half the area was lying on the ground there for a couple of... From the Caulfield Race Course on a very pleasant uh, late spring day. Yes, the aerial's holding up well now, so there might be a bit of RF getting out. I thought the line had broken earlier when uh, we had about 20 or 30 feet of uh, aerial wire dumped on us. A bit disconcerting. Um... That just goes to the earth. Uh, we're a little bit uh, unprepared as regards matching equipment or uh, measuring devices, so we probably wouldn't be able to match a, a half wave into the unit. Uh, that would certainly get round the, the problems of a lossy uh, ground, but then you've got to match it down to 50 ohms anyway, so... There's harmonics on this thing, are we? Yes, we're, we're, we're a bit concerned about the harmonics of... Uh, of a, of a forest phone at um, 29 megs or 28 megs, whatever it is that they use, because uh, the, the model, the aero modelers came over and were wanting to know if uh, if they'd be causing interference with our setup. <laughs> uh, and we politely we politely informed them that no, we didn't think that their 
model control signals would be upsetting us, but we uh, didn't didn't pursue the conversation too far. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe balloons have got an advantage over kites after all. Uh, we've only got the one kite up. It's a about four foot uh, delta kite, is it? A three foot delta kite. Uh, and there's about how much line would there be? Oh, it's in the sun. I can't see it. I think we've got about 300 feet of uh, line out from the top of the aerial to the kite itself. Uh, and then we've got the aerial which is vertical, roughly more or less vertical most of the time. And another few hundred feet of uh, line, fishing line, going out across the race course uh, to snare any passing joggers or horses or whatever. Uh, I did tie it up off a, on a, an eight furlong post or something to get it above uh, most head heights. Uh, hmm, certainly a, a nice piece of wide open ground here for uh, flying kites or stringing up large pieces of wire. Alright, well I've rabbited on for long enough. Uh, we'll put it back, I'll put it back to you Dave and uh, have a listen to see if there's anyone else on 1825 who'd like to pass comments on the experimental transmissions that are in progress. Oh, we're, about, we're, we're being strafed by the uh, police helicopter at the moment. In fact he's flying very close. In fact, he's flying excessively close. Uh, the police helicopter's flying excessively close at the moment. In fact, uh, <laughs> if he's flying much closer... I don't know if you hear helicopter noise in the background. Um, so, hello? Stay on, Stay uh, on. The aerial's just fallen down. What a nuisance. Come on, why? Go up. I think we're getting some backwash from the... Uh, getting some backwash from the... Uh, the police helicopter, which is a little bit uh, disconcerting. I think I say flying over, having a good sticky beak. Should have had the healer here to liven things up a bit. Um, yeah, so there we go. Uh, you want me to shout into the microphone? I don't know if that would make much difference. Um, I suppose it might. A bit of base tip. Oh, there we go. The aerial's just gone up again. Uh, Dallas is trying to get RF burns off it. Uh, so because that's doing a fairly credible job, I think they put out about 10 watts um, or something, I think you, uh, oh. and uh, into uh, a piece of oil, shows what you can do with an efficient radiator. The radials aren't ideal, we've only got two, uh, we've got two quarter wave radials and uh, two that are about 60 feet, so there's only four pieces of wire down and they're not all, uh, all the length that they could be. So. There'd be plenty of room when they're just lying on the on the lawn on the uh, the turf in the middle of the the race course. So there'd be room for improvement as regards the earth if we're going to stick with a quarter wave radiator, or if we uh, had had come better prepared with regards matching devices, we could probably run uh, a a different range of. Uh, Aerial such as uh, five eighths or half wavelengths or whatever. I think we're only using the one kite at the moment, a fairly small kite at that. So if we had uh, two or three kites, we'd probably be able to haul up just about any piece of uh, any piece of wire you cared to mention. Did I hear some CW then? No, I didn't. Well, that's what I PA system somewhere. Oh. Uh, did the blimp, the blimps, uh, is that hanging around or is it? 
Oh. Well, the blimp's moving rather slowly, although it's going into the wind, so I suppose they're getting their money's worth. That'd be an idea to uh, pick a day. If you want to go for a blimp ride, you pick a day when there's a, um, <coughs> a raging... Uh, whoops. 80 knots southerly or something blowing and you'd get your money's worth, possibly. All right, well, the aerial's just dumped itself on the ground again, so... I'll cut there, it was sort of... I don't, I don't think it was just taking a shortcut to somewhere. It actually did diverge as it went over the, the race course. It didn't actually head in a straight line for some reason. I think it was probably trying to upset the gliders uh, more than us with the uh, the downdraft. I suppose it went over at well, it was five or six hundred feet. It, yeah, it, was it was pretty low. So and our kites up um, so about yeah, two hundred, three hundred feet. It, uh, I'd say it went over at sort of minimum height that it's used to flying around. Yeah, how's the UHF Yagi going? You um, you're probably uh, sunburnt like the rest of us here if you're out in the backyards. Fantastic day. That's probably why nobody's on 160 metres. You know, it'd be silly enough to be inside playing radio. See, we're we're the clever ones. You see, we're outside playing radio. And uh, in fact, I think it's just about time for afternoon tea, isn't it? You've got the tablecloth and the fine china ready. We might. Oh, we actually we've well, we've left the teapot at home. We'll just have to have that chicken and champagne. Oh well. That's uh, a tough day, so... In fact, he's gone to get the bottle opener now, so... Portable, core field, race course, running 10 watts into a quarter wave. OK, yeah, we're just having some barley sugar. Nigel's found some... Um, what is it? 10-year-old barley sugar in the bottom of his pack. So what was the use, use by date was last February. Yeah, uh, it still tastes all right, and it's full of sugar, so that's probably killed all the germs. Yeah. It's very hard to unwrap a sticky barley sugar and hold the microphone at the same time. Well, we might uh, try a half wavelength. We'll work out, uh, we'll wind up a, um, a coil or something to match it from uh, low to high. Um, so if you take a measurement of field strength, or take a note of the field strength at the moment, yeah, so and, just... Uh, um, come back. Yeah, so if you didn't hear that, just take note of your relatively relative field strength and uh, just to get a, uh, a comparison later on if we come up on half a wavelength. So uh, just to give us an idea whether it was worth uh, wasting more time here putting up a half wave. Actually we could go to, um, what's lows there, three quarters again, isn't it? Yeah. If we just go, we go to three quarters and uh, whack that straight in the socket. See what happens there. Then, well, we might try that first and then uh, go back to half a wavelength. So anyway, don't don't hang around. Particularly, we we uh, we don't know what we're doing here. So we might get distracted by you know something else here. You never know. Someone's good-looking female. Here, we right? might. Nigel's looking at all these. No, I won't say. We. Uh, we might end up just flying kites, you never know. Anyway, thanks for the reports, and uh, we'll uh, stay tuned. We're listening on uh, two as well, if anybody wants to give us a hoy. You got any other final comments? No, nothing Ed? offhand. Uh, like the bat we'll conserve the batteries for a bit and play around with the aerials and the kites, and uh, come back later on in the afternoon. I think we just ruined uh, Dallas's future prospects for a family then. Uh, Yes, yeah, essential that you come over, Dave, because we'll need you to whiz around the... Uh, Continuing family. Uh, yes. Um, 
We'll need you to whiz around the uh, one of the outer tracks uh, holding up our kite so that we can uh, simulate a 40 knot gale and uh, drag up vast quantities of uh, figure eight wire and stuff like that. All right, well, uh, we might come back later in the afternoon and uh, if you hear us, well, we'll let you know how things have happened. We'll come over and have a bit of a chat with us. He's interested in the... Must know a bit about radio, obviously, so... Um was uh, asking a few questions. Uh, Nigel's just explaining the finer details of radio to him. Well, it seems to be more about kites than uh, radio at the moment. But so, all rounds, Peter. Pleasant afternoon, even despite the messing around at the start. Yeah. So I'll just quickly pull in quarter of a wavelength and go back to the quarter wave and see what happens. Yes, OK. We'll stand by and uh, give you reports uh, when you do that. It's uh, it's quite noticeable on receive when uh, part of the aerial is lying on the ground, so it's quite uh, interesting. I don't... I guess it... Um, the, the output, obviously, must be fairly critical with the low impedance, so the, uh, the tuning, it's obviously much better with the quarter wave. So um, we just... Basically now we've just got the... Uh, kite tethered by the wire. It's going up um, uh, about 45 degrees. It's not quite the same as it was earlier, which is almost uh, vertical. Well, it was basically vertical. But uh, at the moment, it's about 45 degrees, depending on uh, how, how strong the wind is. So, yeah, we might uh, try later on. We might um, be able to tell what the time is. I don't have a watch, but there's a bit of sunlight left. The uh, hang gliders are, I oh know, they're still going. In fact, it's uh, coming very close by here. Yes, very interesting. That didn't work. You just uh, try to send it up. But it uh, didn't, quite, didn't quite get the lift required to get into the wind. Yeah, we might, uh, the, the boots is going to... Um, Apparently, uh, listen to some long waves. Uh, I don't know how successful that'll be, but uh, we'll give it a bit of a try later on. It's, it's not not too cold. It's okay while the sun's out, so I guess we might be here for a little while longer. It's hard to say. Yeah, so there's a should be uh, an over long enough to get a reasonable field strength measurement. Fine, uh, on 160 and uh, two meters. Yes, that is a bit better. For uh, quarter wave radials, just uh, 90 degrees apart sitting on the ground. And uh, running about, I believe, is uh, roughly 10 watts of uh, AM. So uh, that's uh, what we're doing today. You're not a bad signal, actually. I don't know this rig terribly well, but uh, you uh, seem to be coming in quite OK, so... Uh, no problems here where I am and I think Dave can hear you okay so uh, nice to meet up with you again and uh, noticed you're running uh, uh, AM on the frequency I'm glad you are because this rig only uh, receives AM so we wouldn't have been able to understand you well we do have other receivers here but on this particular one and we're only, uh, only able to run AM so round to you uh, Dave we worked last 1985, 16th of March 1985, but 
I wouldn't have realised you'd been uh, not around for that period of time. And OK, I'm a, a half-wave at the Caulfield Racecourse. Probably quite a good spot to do it for.